This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined by Bazooka Joe Valtellini as we talk about three title fights this weekend. Pretty unbelievable. You've got 40% of the UFC's division's champions competing in one night. It's uh, never happened before. And uh, who knows if it'll ever happen again. But knowing the UFC, it probably will. We'll also recap the uh, this past weekend's fight card. One finish in nine fights. Not the most compelling television, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. And, of course, the latest with Hamza Shemaev and much more. Joe, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good here. I mean, just uh, excited for this upcoming card. And every time uh, Israel Adesanya is on a card, I get that little extra excitement knowing him, calling his kickboxing fights. Uh, I just get that extra excitement when he's on the card. So I'm hyped for the week. Well, I did a piece on SportsCenter called The Leap. And basically the long of the short of it is this is the fight where he makes the leap if he gets the win. He'll be an undefeated double champion. This is where he goes into a new stratosphere of stardom in mixed martial arts if he beats Jan Bojovic. Not an easy fight. And I don't know. He, you know, he joked with Ariel Hawani that he, he might weigh 193 pounds on the scale. I don't think that's what, what will actually be the case. I think it'll probably be probably in the low twos if I had to guess. But uh, who knows with Izzy. Izzy's got so much confidence in his ability that I don't think he cares about weight. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like seeing the embedded, the fight talks, his interviews. He's just so confident, so cool. I mean, he's just so relaxed. I mean, I think a lot of people forget that 85 kickboxing fights he had before getting into the UFC it plays a big factor how calm and how relaxed he is fighting in people. Like, um, So I think he's got the advantage going there. But I'm just curious to see if this Bohovich power can do anything. I mean... My mind right away says, I mean, because I'm a little bit biased, but Izzy's got this. I can't see how he can lose it. But, you know, Bovich is a big boy, big power puncher. He, he's walked through, you know, the Reyes's and the big strikers before. So curious. I'm more curious than uh, anything, to be honest. Well, as somebody who does striking, I'm sure you've been in there with bigger guys before uh, in terms of training. Jan is not the fastest guy at 205. Is this fight going to feel like slow motion for Izzy? I think so. I think it's whoever Israel fights. And I mean, it's this classic martial arts line, but fighting is all about distance control. And Adesanya probably does it better than anyone in the game. So if Bohovic is throwing these big punches, whether he's 150 pounds or 250 pounds, if Israel's footwork lets him get in and out without being touched and slipping and evading, it doesn't matter really the size of the guy. It's just the problem is that one shot that does land you know, could be a problem. Look when Izzy fought Yoel Romero. When he hit that big shot, it kind of slowed him down a little bit, being like, okay, this is a big power puncher. I got a four-ounce glove. I don't have a big glove like kickboxing. So a big shot could really slow Izzy down early. So that's the, the factor, I think. It's not about, you know, how many times you're going to get it. It's that one hit enough to slow Izzy down. Right. And when you look at Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa, I mean, these guys are basically 205ers. They're huge guys for 185. Oh, yeah. So... That's what makes this an interesting one to me because Jan is a legit 205er and he's probably closer to a heavyweight. I mean, I'm sure he walks around at 230, 235 at least, uh, which is basically what yeah. Stipe walks around at, right? So that's kind of the waters that he's going to be entering for this particular fight. And uh, yeah, I I'm curious to see what happens. And the other thing I'm really curious about is if Jan tries to take this to the ground because I think that with yeah. that weight, that's where the weight will come into play is if this fight gets to the ground and he's able to get on top of him because it's one thing to be able to get up off the ground when you've got guys that are middleweights on top of you. But if you've got a guy the size of Jan Bojovic on top of you, 
Now we're talking yeah. about a real uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be more of because uh, I think it's going to be tough that anti wrestling that Adesanya has is incredible. So I think for Bohovich, in my mind, to slow Izzy down, it's more of that pressure him on the cage, you know, kind of clinch him up, see if you can kind of withstand that moment there. Because you don't really see Izzy against the, the cage for too long. But, you know, if you can keep him there for a bit, try to wear him down, weigh on him, try to avoid some of Izzy's elbows, he can kind of take some of the, the steam, you know, hopefully out of Izzy's movement and stuff. But it's those shots that Izzy throws. He'll throw it at like an up angle. His counter shots are good. So I think if Izzy gets a finish, it'll be probably be a counter shot, like a nice counter hook or something like that. I can see him drop in Jan with. You know, it's interesting because when Izzy joined the UFC just over three years ago, we were talking about, you know, you were talking about how he's a great prospect, how, how good he is. I don't think anybody could have expected that within three years, this guy would be in, in the greatest of all time conversation in mixed martial arts because if he becomes a two-division champion as an undefeated fighter, never happened before. Now we start talking about top 10 all-time, top 5 all-time. And then, of course, if he ends up fighting John Jones and somehow beats John Jones, now we're talking about the greatest of all time, right? Like, you, you start to have yeah. that kind of conversation. It's pretty unbelievable what this guy's accomplished in such little time. Yeah, I think it's just incredible. Like I said, we, we forget about, like, we talk about a little time, but 75-80 kickboxing fight is a big you know, amount of experience. I mean, kickboxing is an organization, a sport where you – we don't have uh, – there was no progression really in kickboxing. You fight the best in the world. Like you don't have that slow kind of build. So, I mean, Izzy's been fighting big fights in kickboxing for his entire career living in China. So the, the bigger fights, all that experience, that's more than probably anyone in the UFC. I don't think anyone has that much kickboxing experience. Uh, fight experience is fight experience. So I think he just handles it well. Um, and it's just cool to me to think, we talk about pound for pound best as Khabib and we talk now about Izzy, but opposite styles, you know, it's cool to say that everyone said you need to be the best wrestler to be the pound for pound best, but Izzy's proven that a good striker um, could still be the most effective style in mixed martial arts. So happy for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's rare because you think of, I guess Overeem would probably be one of the few that has more overall fights than Izzy. Yeah. That's maybe the only yeah. one. Yeah. And Ioana, I'm sure had a lot of kickboxing and Muay Thai fights back in the day, but I don't think it's as many as, Israel Maybe amateur, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I think so, there were amateur fights. Valentina as well. Yeah, but we're talking about, yeah. So now we're talking about, like, the cream of the crop fighters, right? Like, ones that have been able to make yeah. that jump from the striking world to mixed martial arts. Uh, there just aren't that many that have gotten to this kind of level. And, uh, you know, Israel also is just, he's so charismatic. He's so marketable. That new commercial, the Puma commercial, did you watch that? Yeah, I thought that was incredible. It's really it's, cool. It still reminds me of Anderson Silva. Like when Anderson, was it Nike that Nike, he first yeah. got signed with? Yeah. That was kind of similar up path. It was so cool to see. Yeah, I, but this commercial, he's just, he's just so cool. And he can do, you see him dancing in it. I mean, he's, he, he, would, he said he'd probably be one of the top dancers in the world if he would have just stayed with that path. Like this is just such a talented individual. It makes me wonder what he needs to do to become a, a Conor McGregor, to become one of the all-time kind of crossover stars because I don't think he's crossed over yet. I, I don't think that if you say Israel Adesanya to anybody who is, uh, you know, outside of this bubble, that they'll know who he is. And I'm not sure what yeah. it will take for him to get to that kind of level. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's that one big moment that maybe happens outside of, of the ring that kind of helps bring him in. But 
he's so close to literally just breaking out. And like you said in the beginning of the show, I think this is the one. I think this could be the breakout, you know, the two belts, the the talk, the extra attention, uh, the big card. I think this could get uh, get him the eyes. But what do you think of John Jones? Do you think this is still a potential fight? Is this in his mind or is this something that we're now looking past? Like it's uh, – it's too early to talk still. I mean, the John Jones business is kind of an embarrassment of riches right now because you now have potential fights, him potentially fighting Stipe, Francis, or Israel. Like, I mean, you just can't lose with that kind of, yeah. uh, those kind of choices, right? But I think if, if Israel wins, I think you've got to make the Jones fight. I, I just, I think, it, I think it would be such a colossal fight. And I'm going to talk to Dana White about this tomorrow. Um, I, I'm just very curious as to, you know, like, if, if he could only pick one, if he could only pick, let's say one will happen ever. Is it going to be Israel versus Jones or Francis versus Jones? What would he pick? Because there, to me, yeah, I yeah. would rather see as a fight Jones versus Francis. But I know that Israel versus Jones is yes. the bigger fight. Does that make sense? Yes, is that how I you agree. Feel? No, I agree. I, I, I agree. Like, I've always said Jones versus Francis is the number one fight I want to see. Hands down. I don't think it any other fight compares. But Izzy Jones would probably be a close second. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But, right. I mean, because you get more of, like, a technical aspect in that fight, which really intrigues me. But I still think John Jones is too big. I, I still think Jones is too big. I don't know. I don't think – I think that's the one fight where Izzy may be over his head. Have you ever seen John I, I Jones honestly, in person? Uh, once. He's I took a, a picture next guy. to him. He's huge. Yeah. yeah. And I've been with Izzy, and Izzy is deceivingly big as well. He's tall. Like, though. when you look at Izzy, he's like, not... oh, he's skinny. You're like, uh, you put, you see him in his hands, his body. Like, mm-hmm. he's tall. Same thing with, like, an Alex Pereira. Those guys are huge. But I've stood next to both they're those guys, boys. and there's no comparison between Jones and Israel. Like, they're both tall, but Jones is big. Yeah. Like, Jones has, like, a football Massive. player's build. He could be a linebacker. Like, he's he probably walks around at 240, 245. Like, and you see John Jones's brothers. Yeah, of course. Like the they genetic are football players. They, one of them is a linebacker. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's a massive genetics. Like you can't compare Izzy's to Jones' genetic. Even Jones now, like he's really focusing on strength and conditioning. He's massive. Like the, his strength, his lift, his back. He's growing into a big boy heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't really, crazy. You can't really compare anybody in mixed martial arts really to Jones in terms of just af- like athletic makeup. You know, like in, in terms of yeah. you look at his brothers. And, uh, you know, how skilled they were in the NFL. You know, one of them, I believe Arthur became an NFL, was a champion, like a Super Bowl champion. I, and I think Chandler was a uh, Super Bowl champion, too, when he was with the Patriots. I, I can't remember. I know both were at Super Bowls. But, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty unbelievable, you know, the kind of athletic lineage that he has. There just aren't that many people in MMA that have that. I mean, if you look at Usman, Usman was a D2 wrestler, and his brother was like an NCAA football player. But... We're not talking NFL caliber players, right? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Two of them. So I mean, it's just I think it's too big, and um, I don't know. Hey, I'll, I'll sign up to see it, and I, I'm sure Izzy will put on a little bit of weight, but I don't think Izzy's got the frame that could put on that much more weight. And I think he's taking this fight now. Going back to this with Bohovic, he's doing it right. I know he said he's going to come in at 193, but I think the mistake 
in such a short period of time would have been to try to put on weight. Like mm-hmm, right. realistically, what is he going to put on quality muscle mass? He might put on one or two pounds of quality muscle mass, but is that worth getting away from speed? Is that worth getting away from your regular routine that you've been so successful on? So I think he did the right move by not focusing on eating more and having a still cut. So I think if he had a year, yeah, if he had a year, yeah, go for that approach. Get big, eat a lot of calories, go through the strength and conditioning. But if you got a couple months, it's not worth it in my mind. Israel does look different on the scale when he weighs in it for a fight at 185. He does look a little bit sunken in. So I'm sure he does cut some weight. Uh, yeah, again, sure. I think he'll probably be pushing two bills when it comes to time to weigh in. I think he'll probably be around 200, 202. If I had to guess, I, like, I, can't, I can't imagine he walks around it much less than that. Yeah. Most middleweights that I know that are big middleweights, like I was coaching a, uh, a Canadian kickboxer who actually fought Israel in glory, Rob Thomas. Um, and Rob Thomas, like on his, he's a big young kid, but uh, on his biggest, like off camp, 215, 210. So that, and that's still like that's really big to make uh, that weight. So I would say, yeah, is he probably? I see, might be 200, 205. I still think he might touch it, just because he might eat something like a breakfast or have some water that day in breakfast. So I, I would say 200 to 205 seems is his natural walk weight. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, he's certainly going to make weight, <laughs> but uh, what what that yeah. weight will be, I don't know. And uh, I think Jan, if, you, if you're talking about their walk-around weight, I think Jan probably has 25, 30 pounds on him just in terms of what their regular weight is. And I think on fight night, he probably will have 20, 25 pounds on yeah. him. I was going to say, I hope they weigh uh, Jan in to kind of give us that information after. I would like to know the weight difference of the two do. fight day. They never do. That I would be nice, did. though. I think it would be cool stats for, for us. I guess they don't want it to make it a more ish, bigger issue and fighters are sensitive about people knowing their weight. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the California Commission yeah. puts it out there afterwards. Uh, that's just part of their their guide, their bylaws. But I don't think that uh, – I know Nevada doesn't. I think they're the only ones that really do that. That They'll put the fight night weight out there. Um, looking at the odds, last I looked, it was minus 225. I'll look again now. Minus 240 now for Israel. Um, yeah. And I made a TSN mm-hmm. edge pick on this. What do you think my TSN edge pick was for uh, Jan versus Izzy? Um, I'm thinking you did a prop bet, and I'm going to say your bet would have been Izzy decision. It's Izzy KO plus 145. Izzy KO, okay. You think yeah. he's getting the finish. All right. Well, Jan slows down over I'd the course of five rounds. Um, and I think yeah. that if you're slowing down and, and Israel's not slowing down and he's in your face and he's landing strikes and he's putting volume on you and he's putting precision on you, I think, I, think he'll, legs, yeah, yeah. I think he'll eventually find the finish if this fight goes into the later rounds. But uh, I just think yeah. at plus 145, it's just such good value for Israel. I, I think that's his best path to victory is finding a knockout against Jan. It's just timing. I think that his timing will prove to be better, but we'll see. I think it's his kick fighting. Don't be surprised if Izzy goes after Jan's legs and really focuses on that calf kick and just chops away, chops away, and finishes Jan with calf kicks. Because honestly, that would be... If I fought a bigger guy, that's the first thing I'm going to attack. Like, you put me again against... You know, Izzy, John Jones, the bigger boys, it's movement and calf kicks. I don't want to get in punch range against the bigger guys. So it's more of using my kick timing to slowly chop away the legs. So I'm assuming Israel with the similar type of kickboxing IQ is going to kind of follow that. Yeah, I, I think that you're, you're right on that. And I, I, I look at uh, what Israel brings to the table against Jan. I just think he's going to be a lot faster. I think he's going to have better timing. But, you know, you talk about the Polish power and, he hasn't been hit yeah. by somebody with four ounce gloves at light heavyweight, right? So 
Yeah. All it takes is I, one. We wrote off Yon against Reyes. In that We've been writing off Yon for years. So, yeah, there you go. Here's Yon's odds. Let's, let's look at Yon's odds for the last, I, I don't know, th- three years. So, uh, March 17th, plus 170 against G- uh, Jimmy Manoa at close. Uh, plus 140 against Nikita Krilov at close. Plus 113 against Tiago Santos at close. Plus 226 against Rockhold at close. Minus 136 Damn. against Jacare, who had moved so, up his first fight favorite. at light heavyweight. Uh, okay. Plus 210 against Corey Anderson at close. Plus 220 close. against Reyes yeah. at close. And now we're, we're, yeah, so we're veering towards probably plus 220 once, when all said and done, when the line tightens up on fight night. I think it'll probably be around plus 220 on Saturday. Insane. So he's been a favorite once, a small favorite in the last three one years. fight. And it was against the guy who the was making his debut years. at light heavyweight who's in his 40s. Yeah, there you go. So no the respect. Story, I he's love the it. Danger field no of, respect. Uh, the danger field of MMA. He needs, the, uh, he needs that Usman promos after. Put respect on my yeah, name. Exactly. He needs to, he's, he's just, just so nice, nice and so he's friendly. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, enjoy I, like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching what? it. The one thing I love about the UFC as a promotion is that they're willing to take risks like this and, and book fights where there's so much on the line for not just Israel, but for the promotion, right? Like, think of what yeah. you lose if Israel loses. I mean, they've got a fallback of Jones versus Nganu, Jones staying at heavyweight. Not a big deal. But you're losing a colossal super fight in Jones and, and Izzy if, if Israel loses this. You're also uh, you're, you're making Israel move up a weight class and putting his undefeated record on the line. You know, there's just so much at stake in this fight. And I think that from a promotional standpoint, I'm sure that they, you know, I'm sure they don't cheer for people to win. But I'm sure that from a business standpoint, it would it would mean a lot more for them if Israel won. Well, it's like it's like anything. If you're a collector of things, Israel right now is the better collectible item. So we need to make it precious. We need to put it in those plastic sleeves and in in boxes. But what's scary about it is Jan's a big boy, and if Izzy, there's we've seen Izzy one or two times get these big shots that knocked him out against Alex Pereira. I I just don't want to see such a talent, you know, get hit with a big shot and then not able to recover. Then, you know, his head just not be the same because he took a big shot from a bigger boy. He's ready. He's got the defense, the the experience, but it's still that risk of one big shot against this guy and could kind of take years away from the damage he can sustain, you know, later in his career. Yeah, I'm even talking to Costa too much with this collectibles uh, stuff, but uh, we'll, we'll move on to the. That's uh, it. Yeah, you we'll go. move on to the other two title fights. You got Amanda Nunes minus ten fifty against Megan Anderson plus six seventy five. She's as high as minus fourteen hundred in some spots. One book has over minus seven hundred, which is surprising. But uh, Nunes, uh, you know, is one of the biggest favorites in a championship fight in UFC history. Um, if you're looking at props, you can get her by KO at plus 100 or by submission at plus 195, which oh, I think might be right. the better route because I think she'll, she'll probably. There's just no point of her staying standing with Megan Anderson. Like if she take if she if she can take her down, I think she should. Yeah, I mean it's it's that. I think the storyline is it's that big, tall, solid frame of of Megan Anderson. It's but again, Nunez is good with her striking, her ability to get inside. The power she had, like when we saw with Cyborg, that when she gets inside and she unloads that power, that's a good night. So I think that's uh, probably Amanda's going to do is probably try to bomb some big punches on the ins- inside, try to put her out. Yeah. So or ground and I would say is also Nunez by finish. Yeah. yeah. Well, put Nunez, her down. What's Nunez inside the distance? Nunez inside the distance is probably like minus 200 or something. Nunez, it's minus 355, right? So 
you're probably better off just picking one of the two, either KO picking or Picking one of the two, yeah. KO might be the more yeah. likely, to be honest, because she could take her down and just ground and pound instead of looking for a sub. Yeah. But we've seen Megan get subbed by Felicia Spencer, right? So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, interesting fight. I mean, I just wonder what they continue to do with this featherweight division. You know? What do you, what do you see the path of, one, Amanda, and two, the division? You know, I don't know. They just haven't added people to the roster, to the division. That's the thing. It's like... There aren't that many talented 145-pound fighters out there. That's the truth of the matter, uh, you know. And I'm sure Are they trying to fizzle the division out? Well, I mean, what's left, right? I mean, you've got Danielle Wolf, who was a, a 45er who was signed through the Contender Series, facing Felicia Spencer sometime soon. So they're still ma- booking 45 fights, but I just don't see where you go from the division after this. Like, I mean, what you could try to do is, is sign more 45ers, build another challenger, while Amanda keeps defending the 35-pound belt, but... I just don't know what what's left for Amanda to do at 35 or 45. Like who who has Amanda not beaten at 35 yet? That's interesting. Maybe Aspen yeah. Ladd, maybe Juliana Pena, but we're not talking about big big names yeah, to big get names. her excited, right? Yeah, and she's, I don't think she's going to fight Durand May for a third time. Uh, Holm maybe is a possibility. Holm just got booked. Who did Holm get booked against? Juliana Pena, I think. So uh, you know, would, would we go another Chevchenko? That's that's I think the only career? one you can do. I think you can do a Chevchenko fight. But then you're holding up uh, the flyweight division. Not that that really is that big of a deal. I, but uh, I think it would be the first time that you have three division champions combined in one fight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. I mean, I mean, you just, I just kind of want to see Amanda get the nice celebration send off. If she's going to go out, make it like some good, legit fights for her. Like, we got to test her. What about uh, Kayla Harrison? Is she? What weight would she be? Well, Harrison... That's the only other name. Yeah, right? Harrison recently cut the 45 um, to okay. fight. And um, so she can make 45. She just says she doesn't like the she doesn't like the premise of weight cutting. But the other hang, the other issue with that is they train together. They train together at ATT. Um, oh, that, said, that sucks. That said, Harrison has, has not closed. Yeah. Harrison has not said, I don't want to fight Amanda Nunes. She says she wants to be the greatest of all time, and she knows that in order to do that, she has to fight Amanda Nunes. I believe yeah. that her contract with the PFL ends at the end of this year. So she would be a free agent. And then you could look at maybe a, a Harrison Cyborg in Bellator or Harrison versus Nunes in the UFC. Yeah. What's, uh, how old is Kayla Harrison, by the way? I think, she's in, you her, know that? I think she's in her 30s. I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure she's in her early 30s. Because she could, to me, she can be mid to early 30s, you know? And, I mean, age and timing, I mean, that could be... She's 30. She's exactly something 30. Like, oh, that's not so bad. She's young. It's yeah. a good age. Yeah. Yeah, very good age. So, I mean, that could be potential because I know she's jumping between Invicta fights, almost done with her PFL. So, I think, obviously, it seems like the move is to bring her over to the UFC. Yeah, and the other thing is she has taken, like, no damage in her fights. <laughs> like, that's the thing about Kayla. Like, yeah. she's, just been, she's been, like, rousy. She's just been dominating her opponents and making it look really easy. But uh, I don't think she's really fought anybody. A, I don't think she's fought anybody who's truly her size. Like, I don't think she's fought a girl who is 155. You know, like, you look at Larissa Pacheco, who was in the tournament last year and got to the finals. She was a 35-er in the UFC, right? So, you know, like, that that's... She's probably a more natural 35-er or 45-er. She's probably bulked up to be a 45-er. But Kayla's probably also a 45-er, like a natural 45-er in terms of what she... Since she could, has made that weight before, you can say that she could comfortably yeah. make 145. It just makes... That's the... I just want to see Amanda get those big super fights she deserves because she's a superstar, you know, in uh, 
women's MMA and MMA in general. So I think it's important she gets a super fight. Well, Harrison's the last one. I mean, what else is out there? Yeah. Yeah. She did her uh, Chevchenko. She's did home. her cyborg. And she did cyborg. the home. She yeah. did done. Yeah. She did what she had to do. And she seems content, you know, with her, with the family life now. And so I think she's getting comfortable. So hopefully something excites her to keep her going. Maybe one or couple more years if anything yeah but why would you want to stop if she's so dominant and she's also getting these girls that aren't really challenging her and she can make good paydays why not either let her keep going mm-hmm. in my mind yeah i'm with you um what else have we got of course the bantamweight title on the line even money right now between yan and sterling yan was the favorite for a little bit and now it's evened up uh basically a pick fight and i think that that everybody's kind of got a different opinion on this fight uh personally i yeah. lean yan i think yan is um okay yeah yeah i, th- I think yan striking if, if he can get out of the first round basically with sterling if he can somehow offset the grappling i think that uh, when it comes to the stand-up yan's gonna have a big advantage um of course okay. we haven't really seen him challenged in the wrestling realm in the ufc so far so uh let's see what sterling can bring to the table I, apparently sterling's been training with like really high level ncaa wrestlers and his and apparently uh, according to cormier on uh, dc and hawani this week was talking about how he actually had a match with, I think it was like the second ranked NCAA wrestler. And it was like basically the, the wrestler, the the NCAA wrestler won, but it was like basically a tie. They won on like points. Okay. It wasn't on points. It was on, I don't remember what it was. I don't know how amateur wrestling works really. So, uh, but you know, that's how good Sterling's wrestling is. Will he be able to implement that against Jan? We'll see. Jan has a good wrestling background too. Apparently, I think he's a master of sport and mm. wrestling. So we'll have to see. I think you know, so, we yeah. We'll talk about those credentials really, but uh I, I feel like the majority of people think Sterling's going to win. I just think that I think Jan has more on the feet. And we also don't know what Jan is right now. We don't know how good he is because he's beaten Aldo. He's beaten Favor. He's beaten the older guys in the division. I think now this is going to be the fight to see how just how good Piotr Jan is against a really blue-chip guy in Sterling. And I think Sterling um, is just a better mixed martial artist. The fact that he can do everything a little bit... Uh, better minus a little bit in the striking. I think Jan with that power. I mean, I, I think I have to agree with you. I don't think we've seen enough about Jan, and this is why uh, Sterling's getting all the credit. And you got to think, though, even like a Sanhagen, who was really long, effective, good striker, Sterling was able to, you know, negate that, take him down, and, and be able to finish him. So um, I don't know. I, I've been jumping back and forth between the two, so I gotta agree with the odds maker it being a pick 'em because I'll watch the countdown and be like, "Oh, Peter Yan, I didn't know about this." And watching his footwork, his power, and I was like, "I like Peter Yan," you know. And just and then I watch a Sterling highlight and promo and him talking, and then I jump back over there. So <laughs> I'm torn. I'm yeah. really, so I'm really torn. I have Yan as a uh, TSN edge pick. We'll see how it goes for me. I mean, uh, that, that's my that's okay. my one that I'm not super super sold on, but. Uh... I uh, I think he, I I just think that this is a guy that we haven't seen the best of yet, and we're, we're still going to see the best of. Uh, Islam Makhachev, Drew like Dober, it. another TSN edge pick, Joe. Which what is it? What do I got? Right. Makhachev finish. I've got the opposite. Makhachev decision. Makhachev decision. Okay. Dober's Dober's right. really tough to finish. Okay. Yeah. I I think so. I like Dober, so I almost hope Dober wins. Yeah. Uh. I, I think Dober has a good shot at winning, honestly. I think Dober is, is the type of guy that has um, the, you know, the underrated abilities. And he's also a bad matchup for Makashev, in my opinion. But we'll see. I, I think Makashev will still get it done. But uh, I, I believe that that's probably 
the path is uh I, I think the best path for him and the easiest path for him would be uh by uh by decision and that's how Makachev he doesn't win the majority of his fights like that but I think that um, the guys that he's submitting aren't haven't been as good as Drew Dober. Drew Dober's not. In, I mean, Drew Dober's been submitted before. He got submitted by Oban Mercier. Uh, he, according to his official record, got submitted by Leandro Silva. But that was the worst stoppage in the history of refereeing in the UFC. Okay. Do you remember that yeah. fight? Uh, is it the was it the rear naked? It was a guillo- it was a guillotine choke. But guillotine. If okay. You, no, if you, then I don't. If you go back and watch that, Joe, like you will watch it and say, how on earth did the referee not realize that that was that he was. He had him in half guard, and he had, the, okay. he had the guillotine in half guard, which is really difficult to finish. And, and the referee is Eduardo, uh, Eduardo Hurdy, who's like a jiu-jitsu, I think he's like a double black belt in jiu-jitsu. Like, this isn't the guy who doesn't know what he's doing. He had him in half okay. guard, had the choke. Dober was moving. Dober pops his head out, and he stops the fight there. Like, he stopped the, he stopped the fight as Dober was popping his head out. It's Damn. one of the weirdest finishes, one of the weirdest referee stoppages you'll ever see. Okay. Uh, so... So <laughs> he's got a huge ass neck. I'm looking at his huge ass neck Dude, here. Dober? I was like, yeah, there's no guil- yeah, no guillotine's gonna finish that. Yeah, he's got no Come neck. On, right? Dober. Yeah, he's got zero neck. Yeah. So I mean, and a guillotine? No, you can't finish that neck yeah. with a guillotine. So we'll see. I, I, think I just Dober, think I think Dober's actually a pretty live underdog in in this fight. I just think the more likely outcome is that Makhachev wins a decision. If you're getting it, I think it's a, like even money for him to win by decision. I think that's the best the best bet. Do you think Makhachev's getting a lot of? Uh, Hype because he trains with Khabib, he trains with DC. Yeah, and he's being hyped those up as guys the next are just Khabib. constantly throwing it in. Yeah, yeah. so they're everything you hear, you're like, Makashev's like basically they're presenting it like Dober's gonna get smashed. But one I thing, mean, one I thing, get the uh, bias there, but one thing he says, uh, that that uh, Cormier always says is, uh, that that Makashev, if he could do what he does in the gym, is gonna be tough to beat, which to me is kind of a Mike Pyle situation. Like, one of these guys that's just a total killer in the gym, but when the lights hit, mm. he's not as good as he can be. And that scares me when, when you're looking at a guy as good as Drew Dober. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I mean, I think I'm excited for the fight regardless. I think – I don't know enough about Makashev. I know he's got – a lot of people don't want to fight him. I'm hearing all this fear, so let's see what he can do. Yeah, it's a year and a half layoff. But, uh, I like Dober, man. Yeah, I like Dober. So I just like his personality, his energy. So let's see what happens. Uh, another one of my favorites on the card. I know. I think you're gonna yeah. hit it now. Is Rakic? Yeah, by Rakic, the way. Rakic. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch. If you guys didn't know, one of my favorites to watch. Yeah, this line is starting to move down. Rakic is a minus one fifty five favorite, and that that surprises me. I think he should, maybe should be a bigger favorite in this spot. But uh, I mean, Tiago Santos has hammers for hands, and he has that big hammer on his chest as well. That tattoo, but he's got hammers yeah, in his it, hands yeah. as well. I always laugh because the guys, the guys on the uh, the co-main event podcast, it's uh, Chad Dundas and Ben Folks. They always joke about how Santos doesn't know what a jab is. He was never taught what a jab is. He's just always swinging like big hooks, yeah, big straights, bombs. just bombs. And then when he gets yeah. hit with the jab, he goes to his corner and says, "What was that? What was that thing the guy just hit me with?" But uh, <laughs> so I always laugh because when you watch Santos, he's just like yeah. he isn't throwing jabs. He's just throwing big bombs just all the time, bombs. and all it takes is yeah, one with him. Look- yeah, the problem with him is the knee surgeries, right? It's like, does he have that confidence now against the kicker and Rakic to sit there and, and w- get his legs beaten up with kicks? Well, he said this week, um, I saw an article on MMA Fighting, that uh, he was really had a lot of anxiety about his knees going into that fight with Glover, about his surgery sure. and a lot of stress sure. about that. So maybe now that he's 
been in there with Glover and he's gotten that one under his belt after that big surgery, maybe that kind of goes away. I mean, it's not an easy fight for him in Rockets for sure. So, I mean, let's, let's, yeah. not, uh, let's not pull punches on that one. But uh, I think that maybe just getting in there and getting that experience is, is going to change things for him. Yeah, I just, he's got to go through the one fight, the first few shots to be comfortable. That's like coming off of a knockout loss. You're always that next fight being like, all right, let's see if I can handle that shot. How does it feel? Or if you broke your arm and then you that first arm kick you take, that's a lot of stress on, on a fighter in camp. So um, I can see where Santos is saying he's stressed out, but I just think Rakic is fun. He's tall. He likes to whip his kicks. Um, just fun to watch. I know I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't have the best memory, but he lost his last fight, yeah, which was I think to Glover. To Glover, yes. Yeah. And then, but before that, he was on a huge tear. Well, he lost to John Jones also. He lost to John Jones, and then he lost to Glover. But yeah, before that, when he moved up to 205, he had beaten Jan Bojovic. He had beaten Manoa. Okay. He had beaten. Uh, Who was the head kick? Manoa was the nasty. Head Manoa kick, was the head you know, kick. Where he yeah. put him to sleep. Toronto, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, unreal. Uh, he beat Anders, but that was back in middleweight. I guess Anders was his last middleweight. And he also beat Kevin Holland. So, I mean, those are some pretty solid wins leading up to this one. And I know people that had scored the Jones fight for him. I was with Brett Okamoto in the back, and Brett thought that Santos won that fight, right? So that was a close fight as well. So, uh, you know, we know how good Santos is. And I think Rockets were learning about how good he is. We saw the fight against Anthony Smith, just a dominant performance. Um, we saw the win over Uzdemir. Or did he lose to Uzdemir? Was that a close decision? Uh, I can't remember. I feel like he won a close sure. decision over Uzdemir. I can't remember off the top of my head. I remember that was a really close fight. So, but yeah, you mentioned Rack is one of your, your favorite guys to watch. Uh, I like watching him as well, and I think that he's the rightful favorite in this spot. Yeah, I agree. So, since that head kick knockout, once you get a head kick knockout, you're on my list to watch. <laughs> so, he gets it. He made it on... To me, the big surprise here, Dominic Cruz, a plus 115 underdog against Casey Kenny. I think Casey Kenny's really good, but I think people are forgetting how good Cruz is. Uh, I asked Cruz, I interviewed Cruz uh, yesterday, uh, and I said, why do, why do people think you should be the underdog in this fight? And he was like, well, it's a long layoff. We've seen, you know, Casey Kenny's done good things. I have, I've lost two in a row. So he is realistic about where he's at in his career. But, I, you know, this is kind of the lowest level of competition that Cruz has fought in quite some time, probably since Takeya Mizugaki. Yeah, I mean, any understanding the role, I think the UFC has him ranked 11th, you know. But which, I mean, Which is really, quite frankly, stupid. And the reason why he's ranked yeah. 11th is How? because he, he was taken out of the rankings before he fought Suhudo for inactivity. And then afterwards, they have to rank him after he's lost to Cejudo, and they just forget about him. And they, they put him in the lower parts of the rank. He should be in the top six, seven, probably. I think the question I want to ask you here is give me a little bit of a, the lowdown on Casey Kenny because I don't know too much about him. Kenny's very well-rounded. He's one of these kind of new breed of mixed martial artists that's really good everywhere. He's got good striking, good wrestling, uh, good ground skills. Just a really good, well-rounded fighter. He's one of these guys, again, that all these young guys are training mixed martial arts, and they're, they're not specialists. They're good at everything. And Do- Dominic Cruz is one of the first guys that was like that, too. Just really great. He, he, he was great at a couple things. Great footwork, great boxing, and great takedowns. I don't think he was the kind of guy that was looking to submit people. He, he didn't have great power. But Cruz was good at like the, the two biggest fundamentals that you need to win fights. Whereas Kenny, I think, is just really well-rounded across the board. I don't think he's particularly great at anything. But he's good at everything. Yeah, and he's been around a while, it seems. Yeah, he's been in the you UFC know, I, some I just... for some time. This is an interesting matchup for Cruz. I think it's a smart matchup because you've got a guy who um, 
is, is going to test him as one of these kind of younger guys in the sport that is good at everything. We'll see how, how much Cruz has left. But I, I, another TSN edge pick for me was Cruz. I, just, I, can't, I can't justify Cruz being an, an underdog in this spot. I think Cruz, yeah. if, if he comes in and is even a, a shadow of the Dominic Cruz that we've, we've seen in the past, he'll win this fight. Yeah, and he's all confident that Ring Rust isn't a thing. And uh, we'll see. We'll find I mean, out he's now. He's fought within I mean, the last year, though. He fought Cejudo yeah. last May, right? So this is. But I mean, before Cejudo was years before that. So he yeah. fought like once in how many years? You so know? this is the quickest turnaround for him. Let's see. So May, May last and year. And his loss, we got finished by late kicks, you know? Yeah. So I mean, it's not like he had a, a nice comeback. So it's just shy of 10 months. So prior to that, oh, I guess in 2016, he fought twice. So that was the last time he fought. He fought Faber. That was when he came back. Uh, he fought uh, Faber, and he fought – oh, sorry. He fought Dillashaw, Faber, and Cody in the same year, all in 2016. So he fought three times in 2016. Mm. So uh, I stand corrected. Because the the layoff yeah. between him and Mizugaki was almost three years to the day. And then the layoff between Cody and uh, Suhudo was three and a half years. So he's had two very long layoffs in his career. Well, I mean, we'll see, but I, I'm with you. If you're a betting man, I mean, that's the bet to make. You can't really go against someone like Dom, who's so well-trained and experienced. you got to give him the, the benefit of the doubt. And I'll say this, it's the same thing for the next fight. Askar Askarov is a favorite, minus 120, against Joseph Benavidez, who's a plus 100 uh, underdog. But Askarov's path is wrestling, right? And I think Benavidez is a great wrestler. He's a really good scrambler. And I think that on the feet, Benavidez will have an advantage. So this is another one where I think you you got to give the WEC guys some love, some of the the, the lower weight class legends yeah. some love. And and I, I like I like Benavidez here. Okay, yeah, no, Benavidez. I mean, can do it all at the highest level. The way he strikes, he moves. His last losses were against the champ Figueredo. So I mean, nothing wrong in losing to someone as good as Figueredo. So I think that confidence. Uh, I'm with you. You got to go with those experienced vets to at least go and. Um, pull out a nice decision win. Yeah, and I should mention I had uh, I had um, him on the TSN MMA show, Benavidez and Dominic Cruz, uh, as well as Amanda Nunez um, and Aljamain Sterling. So you can check that out. Go to the uh, TSN MMA show podcast, and you'll find it there. It is the uh, interview edition of the TSN MMA show, so I'll just give that a bit of a cheap plug. Uh, the, the rest of this card, anything stand out to you here? Um, I'm I'm interested in... Uh, a bunch of other fights, but I think we've covered the big ones. I think Song Yudong versus Kylo yeah. Phillips is an awesome fight. Uh, Kaikar France against Rogerio Bontarine, I really like. Espinosa versus Elliot is a great fight. Carlos Alberg, he's a training partner of uh, Israel Adesonia, yeah. his debut against he looks uh, good. Yeah, Kennedy and Zichukwu. Uh, Sean... uh, Sean Brady is that kid I really like. Yeah, big, thick legs, yeah. strong. He reminded me of Gavin Tucker when he fought, and I liked him. Mm-hmm. I think just the tattoos and the style. So if I remember correctly, Sean Brady was one guy that really stood out to me. Yeah, Jake Matthews is going to be a tough opponent for him, but I think uh, oh, Sean yeah. Brady's got so, so much love in the community. I mean, Felder never can't talk, stop talking about how good this guy is. Um, yeah, that's the kid. And I think he won with like stance switching, good kicking. Like something about him really impressed me. Yeah, apparently he's also a killer in the gym. Uh, Euros Medic making his or Medic Medic because he's uh, Croatian. Euros Medic making his uh, debut against Elon Cruz. He's actually from Alaska. He lives in Alaska. Euros Medic, but uh, both of these guys are Contender Series alums. Uh, Mario Bautista against Trevin Jones. Trevin Jones made his debut and uh, ended up beating uh, a really skilled prospect. I 
forget his name from the from the World Series. Of and Fire. he was a huge underdog. Giant right? underdog. He's he a came plus as 500. Biggest underdog, and he yeah, came he, out. Yeah, Timur Valiev as well. Yeah, he beat Timur Valiev. That fight got over got overturned to a no contest because Trevin Jones had too much marijuana in his system. That was oh, uh, such a big performance yeah. enhancer. Damn, so no contest. As uh, he took it on last minute, right? Last minute notice, of course. Wow, great job, guys. Yeah. Great job. Take the guy's money. Yeah, and then Mario, great Bautista, job. Mario Bautista uh, is his opponent. And Amanda Lemos against uh, the Brazilian gangster, Lavinia Souza. Right. So uh, I like uh, I like these fights. They're, yeah, it's uh, exciting. It's a great I card. mean, people are saying it's one of the best cards. I, I mean, I think people are getting a little overhyped on it. I wouldn't say it's one of the best cards we've seen, but it's really good. 15 fights it's right really now. Damn good. How many fights are we going to see on Saturday? 13 two two go two okay that's 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 two an optimistic that's viewpoint. fair that's, oh yeah that's, right. that's that's optimistic i hope that's over i hope one that and a half. i hope it's 15 but if it's 13 okay. and we don't lose any of the title fights or any of these big fights I, i'd be okay with that so our tsn over and under is what one and a half i i would put it at fights two and a half canceled? i'd put it at two and a half two and a half yeah i'd put it at two and a half okay you like the under so i would go I, i'll go the under then because well, you were gonna take under then. one and a half or you gonna take under two and a half right yeah you would have taken another no, two. No, I think there's going to be two fallouts. Two. Okay, right. So one and a half, I would have went with the over. Yeah, so I would say it's two and a half for going half. under. We'll see. Okay, I hope not, sorry, I'm going the under there. I hope not. All right, uh, I like it. Let's let's look at last weekend's nine fight card between uh, Rosenstrike and uh, and Cyril Gone. Uh, the main event. I just thought that Gone was uh, was. Picked on, you know, he shouldn't have been picked on for that. I thought that that was a great performance. I thought it was he had uh, managed the range spectacularly, and I think we've got a, a real contender in the uh, in the heavyweight division now. I mean, Rosenstrike's not a pushover, and he just he, he clean sheeted and made it look really easy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what people expected from Surreal. I, they wanted him to take the big risks against one of the biggest power puncher. If, if you're a real fan, watch Rosenstrike versus you know Alistair Overeem. I mean, losing the whole fight, one big shot, he splits out Alistair's lip yeah. in half. Alistair's face blew up in half. Yeah. yeah, like, okay, Surreal saw that. He's in there. He felt power shots. Like, give the guy a little bit of credit, you know? The fact that he masterfully controlled distance and range against a power striker, I think we got to give him that credit. Seven or eight at pro MMA fights. I think he has a lot of kickboxing background as well. That's why he manages distance really well. I bet you he's got at least – I have no clue I'm making this up. I would say at least 50 kickboxing fights. Who gone? Being from France. They're Muay Thai yeah. fights. He's, He's a Muay Thai have... guy. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. being from France, they're kind of like Savant style. Rosenstrike's and... probably got yeah. 50 kickboxing fights. Rosenstrike has... A... The, so, the reason yeah. I like Rosenstrike in this fight is he had a, a win over Benny Adegbui, who's a very yeah, similar build to Gunn. Yeah, like last time. Right? Yeah, yeah, very similar build to Gunn. I thought, I thought that he was going to be able to find... To, to manage the distance and figure it out. But Gunn's distance control yeah. is... is phenomenal i don't i don't know who's gonna be able yeah. to beat this guy in this kind of a fight yeah i i think like i mean you need someone that could confidently like sit there and rip a shot like Derek lewis i bet you against surreal Derek lewis will be losing 90 percent of the fight mm-hmm. but like those Derek lewis moments because i know a lot of people are hinting like a surreal Derek lewis which i think i don't know i don't mind seeing surreal build a little bit I instead like of just drawing him to the big yeah, I, I like Volkov that. Volkov's right. dangerous, though. That's a, very, that's a dangerous one, too. Yeah, but too. he needs dangerous guys. You don't want to see one more? I would like guy. one more before it. Rosenstrike's yeah. ranked in the same vicinity as Volkov. Like, Rosenstrike isn't some guy. He's, he's a legit yeah. heavyweight. A legit Similar. top five heavyweight. All right. 
I would have liked maybe another fun fight. Maybe what about throw Tanner Bozer in there for him? For who, Gon? Just because I like Tanner. Gon, Gon, yeah, beat, just for Gon, Gon beat Tanner Bozer already. Like three fights ago. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. well, it, wasn't, it wasn't a phenomenal fight. It was like another decision like this. But uh, the, one, the last Bozer fight I remember is him losing a cheesy Arlowski. one to Arlovsky. Yeah, so you yeah. can't match Gon up with Which a guy coming off a loss. you got to give Gon a top five guy now. No, I, I'm just trying to think of a guy. Like, I mean, still new. I'm enjoying his, his buildup, you know? Then all of a sudden, the next fight, we're going to see him it with 10 be. fights against Francis. Up. He just beat Junior Dos yeah. Santos and Rosenstrike. You need to step up. You need, you need yeah, to go to the next. Yeah, I like this slow. <laughs> I like him. Let's keep him around. I mean, he's, what, he's what, eight? No, I mean, so he, he's been doing yeah. MMA for like but two years. But I mean, years. like, get him a finish. Like, give him a guy and show his knockout power. Yeah, Let him get him a good JDS. knockout and then build the hype. And All right. JDS. That's why he got the Rosen strike. That's, That's why he got the main event. Agree to disagree, Aaron. All right. <laughs> Agree to disagree. What? I like Gon. I think Gon could be a champion one day, man. Like, I think that this guy oh, is... Yeah. But I like the Volkov fight because now you've got two guys that are big and have distance, have good distance control, have good power. I just think that's a, a really yeah. nice, a really solid chess match. Um, yeah, I don't know. I agree. I think he could beat Derek Lewis too. I mean, I think you put him in, with, in there with Derek Lewis, oh, yeah. and De- Derek Lewis doesn't even come close to him. So we'll see. I think Surreal Gone reminds me of uh, when I look at him. Like uh, I always mess up the name because I did it last show. Um, Anthony Joshua. Yeah, yeah just that big yeah, build, big, the long. big strong power style, good movement, good power, good strong stance. Like I mean, yeah, I think he's got the full package and the look, especially if we can get some a little bit more English and confidence out of it. I think he'll be a a good star for the for the sport. He reminds me a lot of like the modern version of John Jones, managing distance, winning kind of these yeah, chess match long, fights, long, good kicks. Yeah, but uh, I mean, his his fighting style is very different. But it's just more of the range that that reminds well, me. Who knows? Maybe we see John Jones in surreal gun. And I think one of the reasons why this fight, uh, you know, didn't get a lot of love is because there were so many decisions on this card. There's only one finish in nine fights. Uh, Magomed Ankalaev beats Nikita Krylov. I think that uh, Ankalaev is uh, another guy that I, I keep saying this. I think he's got the potential to be a future champion of the light heavyweight division. Yeah, no, I agree. They all, I mean, Tom Aspinall, I was high on Aspinall and he did yeah, all right. So, but that, did Aspinall's well. heavyweight though. Aspinall's beat Arlovsky, right? So he's, he's a division up. But Ankalaev, I, I would love to see him face. I think Ankalaev, and I said this before, aside from maybe Israel, if Israel's a light heavyweight, I think that he's favored against basically everybody in the light heavyweight division at this point. Maybe, maybe I don't know, him and Rocket would be an interesting matchup. Like, just looking at it from a matchup standpoint, like, there are a lot of good light heavyweights, but I just think Ankalaev has the skills needed. Like, he's got a good combination of striking and, like, of course, the grappling that he utilized, uh, at, you know, in the second and third round. He was losing in the striking in the first round to Krilov, but it looked like he was just kind of using it as a feeling out process. And Krilov was trying to grapple yeah. with him, which surprised me. Yeah, I mean, interesting. I mean, I, uh, sorry, I lost connection here. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think he's got that weird style that'll do well. I really do. Uh, looking at, um, this past week, the Hamza Shemaev thing was a little bit uh, alarming. Yeah, that's big time. And so you what's ha- you uh, have, do you have Dana so White you got all the info? Well, basically, he went on Instagram and said, uh, you know, I'm uh, this virus is, is very tough to overcome, and I'm, you know, I, I need to take a step back, basically. Or he was thinking of walking away, right? So yeah, coughing uh, up blood, he's like coughing I've up blood, hearing, right? Yeah. So, but then Dana White, I guess, had talked him into sticking around. And uh, uh, the uh, Chechen dictator 
uh, Ramazan Khadirov came on uh, on Instagram and said that he also had talked to uh, him and convinced him to keep fighting. Well, I mean, it's just early. The only he knows is how bad it is and what's going to happen. So I just think it's early. If we don't have to rush the guy into a decision, if he needs a year off, let the guy have a year off. If he needs to to recover, I mean, I don't think to to rush him back. It seems like would be the big mistake. Let him relax. He's going to try to come back in in June. It's like why? 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 Yeah, let let him chill. Let him let him be able to at least train before you start coming up with timetables. The guy can't train right now. Yeah, I just think because he came in with such heat and speed of back-to-back and finishes that that's kind of what we expect in his name and his brand now. But the situation happened. Let the guy not think about, you know, when his next fight is and just kind of recovering if, if you know, retirement is what's in his mind. And I mean, he's probably going through it. so much stress and anxiety. Yeah, you can't risk it with this guy. I mean, if you want to build this guy up as a, uh, as a future champion, you got to – pump the brakes a little bit and just let the guy recover properly. Yeah, no, I'm all with it. I was just shocked to see that. Just poor, poor. I was just like, I was heartbroken for the guy, you know? I was really, really, really heartbroken for, for the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ariel Hawani brought up a great point on his show this week, which was if you look at the pay-per-views coming up, basically every title is is – um, scheduled except for in the month of May there's nothing scheduled for the main event of that UFC card and he thought to himself you know he, he basically yeah. said Connor versus Poirier in May would that's that's when Connor said he wanted to come back was May I doubt it's done yet or anything along those lines yeah. but I mean maybe that's what, what they're targeting yeah I mean if they're gonna put a a non-title fight pay-per-view uh, it would be a title fight hopefully if that fight went on right you thinking that maybe. would be for the vacant title because I heard something, I was going to ask you again about this new rumor that Khabib's going to be there, and there's a new announcement or something. Have you heard rumors on that, or is it going to be one Khabib's of those baloney ones that we got last time? Khabib's in Vegas right That's now. The... He's there with Islam Makhachev. Yeah. He's going to be in Vegas for a while, because I think there's another, another guy. that I think he's in Vegas for this entire month, because there are other guys that he trains that are competing. So it gives, I heard gives rumors them... of an announcement. Oh, okay. Where did you hear that? I don't know. I thought it was on Ariel's show. And he was trying to, like, uh, with DC and Hawani, he was kind of just picking at DC, being like, oh, there's an announcement going on. It's like, is he vacating the title? Like, I just heard some, like, oh, I must have maybe that. Ariel being Ariel and just kind of <laughs> trying, trying to, get, like, trying to get into DC. He tried to, <laughs> yeah, trying to find his journalist hat on. Yeah. So maybe just playing the game and trying to get something that uh, DC would slip up on. But, uh, yeah, he was kind of hinting that there was some sort of announcement. I was like, oh, I don't want to hear this baloney thing like last time. Yeah. Uh, I don't so, know. I guess we'll see. I, but I mean, they got to figure this out. This is the most stacked division in the sport, and they have like basically a champion who's retired, who they refuse to take the belt off of. It's just it's yeah. mind-boggling. Uh, and I have, heard I was listening to Poirier on Rogan a bit. He's he kind of says as a purist, you know, it kind of seems like him versus Oliveira, which should be the fight. But um, he thinks the money fight obviously is the Conor McGregor. So is it the money or the true to the division fight? Um, which I think him and Rogan both agreed was Oliveira. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think Oliveira would be the name. I actually haven't had a chance to listen to that show on Rogan. Rogan's on Spotify now, and I don't have Spotify, so I, I know it's free to download, but I just it's not, it's not in my yeah. podcast feed. So I have to like go, and I yeah. have to do that with another... Change of routine. Yeah, there's a podcast I listen to called Disgraceland, and that moved to Amazon Music, so I can only use the Amazon Music app to find that. So now, now they're making... Yeah. I shouldn't be complaining. This is a real first world, uh, first world problem. You've got... 
<laughs> free podcasts on free apps that I don't want to download because I don't want to have so many apps on my phone. Talk about first world yeah, problems. I agree with you. Yeah. You got to start creating folders now in your phone. You need a podcast folder. Yeah, it would be one thing yeah, if I use. It's crazy. I don't use Spotify. I use Tidal. And then there are Tidal podcasts mm. that are only on Tidal. So I just, just too much. Just yeah. put, let, leave the podcast alone. Let them all just be in the strat, in the, but I, these guys also deserve Apple to make podcast. money. Rogan should make money yeah. and whatever. They should make money. So I, I don't want to stop them from making money because I'm too lazy to download a free app and listen to it for free and open that app yeah. and all that. So let, let them be. I'm a Spotify guy, so it works. It works. Yeah. And Spotify I stopped listening to Stern on Sirius XM because you can't speed it up. You have to listen to, ah. it's like a four hour show and I want to listen to it at like two speed. But you can't. You, there's no yeah. option on the Sirius app to speed things up. So you're. I'm. I've decided that 1.5 is my speed. I'm. I'm at 1.8 now. Okay, 1.5. If it's someone I really want to enjoy and listen to, 1.2. If it's like, yeah, okay, more of an MMA. I know what's going on. 1.5. And I. Yeah. I listen to uh, Megan Olivia and Benavidez. They have a podcast now at home with Benavidez uh, with Ben Olivia. And I listened to that, that at 1.8. And <laughs> Megan, like myself, is a motor mouth. So listening to her at yeah. 1.8, that's a challenge. And I'm very proud that I'm able to do it. There you go. I mean, it's just good. I mean, you know what they're basically talking about. You're just going to get their general opinion anyways. If it was a science podcast and you maybe wanted to get some information or some research, or then you might want to slow it down. But yeah. I've been trying to cut down on my science podcasts, Joe. I've just listened to too many of them. Just, never listened oh, yeah, to enough science just, podcasts. Well, I'm, I, I like the ones like the Ben Greenfields, the, the science, the biohacking. You know, I, I, like, I like those types of podcasts I as well. Those are like my outside of MMA ones. It needs to be hosted by an Ivy League professor. I just won't listen to it. It's just my own standard for a science podcast, but that's, that's just me. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. bioengineering podcast like out of Harvard it. is phenomenal. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, okay. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of May, uh, you, well, you listen to science because you, you listen to probably body science and it probably helps you with the like mechanics yeah, like of i just want teaching. to hear people's per i want to hear their perspectives and new research on training and what supplements are working and how much vitamin d you should be taking and should you couple that with zinc and you know i'm porcetin and i'm just like saying that. joe if you go out in the street and you have a picture of me and you side by side and they say which one of these guys listens to science podcasts i think they're picking me yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, it's the glasses. Come on, man. Take those glasses off, man. Okay, we'll, hold on. We'll hold on. <laughs> Put my glasses on you and say one of these guys right, is in the true. science podcast. They're probably still picking me. Okay, fair. But my, maybe not. I think with I think you with glasses, you, you it might it might up the, the smart quotient. It might make you go from kind of jock I to, like, so. to like... I actually wear glasses, but I don't wear them in public. So I, I should be wearing them when I watch TV or long distance driving or, or at night. Yeah, I'm nearsighted. Well, here's a great yeah. story for you. So when I was in university, um, I also I, – I, I have pretty bad vision. But I also didn't wear glasses um, up in, like on a daily basis basically, like regularly, until I was in my third year of university. So uh, okay. I met my wife in first year of university, but we weren't dating or anything. We were just friends, and I, you know, I really liked her and whatever. So uh, I, but I was dating someone else in, in first year. Um, so in second year, I would walk around with no glasses on, and she would walk by me at, in the university and wave and say, hey, Aaron, I, and I just would walk right by her because yeah. I wasn't wearing my glasses. <laughs> so then yeah. in third year, I ran into her again when I was wearing my glasses. I was like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. How's everything? And she was like, well, I saw, you all, I saw you a bunch of times last year, and you just, like, you just walked right by me. I just thought you didn't like me or something. 
And I was like, no, I probably just wasn't wearing my glasses. I didn't, I couldn't see who you yeah. were. I couldn't see that you were waving at me. So there's my story of where, so, why, so why really, wearing glasses every day changed my life for the better. Yeah. So you really put on those rose colored glasses then. <laughs> so as soon as you put them on, they just lit up your world. There you go. Well, or I, I was, like no, it. I was just able to see. I, I, I mean, maybe that's maybe I, that's what I got to do to find someone. Then right, it's easier just to wear glasses. Maybe you've got, I can't. You've got all these girls waving to you, waving to you at the gym. Know? Hey, Joe, nice to yeah, see you. Damn, there you go. I've been all this time. You know, that's the missing link. I couldn't see him. I like it. Uh, speaking that's of that funny. May pay per view, uh, we'll, we'll we'll end on this note. A big fight booked for UFC 262. Edson Barboza versus Shane Burgos. I mean, doesn't get me. Uh, yes. Not much to say about I that. I had all my boys send me that. Yeah, yeah. all my boys <laughs> sent me that. They're like, this one's going to be crazy. Like, I was like, yep, I agree. I agree. It seems like they just have, like, the matchmakers. Sean Shelby probably has just this list of fighters. It's like, you match any of these two guys up, and it's going to be awesome. So let's just, like, pull names out of the hat. You could do like you could do like Hakeem Dawudu versus uh, Barboza. You could do you know, of course, Barboza. Wasn't Burgos, Burgos was supposed uh, to face Dawudu? Yeah, Hakeem got injured. He injured his shoulder. Yeah. Apparently, he's trying to work through it. Oh, but uh, yeah. yeah, so, but yeah, he's one of those guys. You can you got Cater. You can pull Cater's name out of a hat, and it's a fun fight. You could, yeah. you've got all these guys in one forty five. Where you got Yair Rodriguez. You got uh, the Korean Zombie. Just pull names out of a hat, and you're gonna make good matchups. Yeah, anyone can fight anyone. Yeah, yeah. and I look at Burgos, man. I, Burgos is huge. He is. Burgos just looks massive to me. So I mean, uh, Barbosa. But he's Max Holloway. Huge. Like he's he's a 45er. Yeah. He just he's like a Max Holloway yeah. 45. Just looks bigger, yeah. and like he looks huge to me. Like he almost looks like a friend. Nah, I was gonna say Dustin Poirier-ish, kind of like big, thick, like wide shoulders. But yeah, I like Burgos. It, uh, that that's uh, that's a fight of the night. That's that's a for <laughs> sure right. fight of the night. They those might have, bo- they, those they might boys have Poirier versus Connor on that on that card, though. Yeah. Those boys are getting bonuses for sure. I would have to think so too. Uh, all right, Joe. I think that's about it. I, I can't think of anything else. Anything we missed? Uh, no. The Burgos was the last thing I had on my list to ask you about. So you read my mind. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about. One yes. thing about Israel's opponent this weekend is he likely will not be drunk in the cage. Uh, which Paulo Costa oh, yeah, is now nonsense. saying is the reason why he lost to him. So yeah. here's the question. You've got a big kickboxing bout. It, you're, in, you're in the other side of the world. You're in Australia or something. You're somewhere else in the world. The fight's at like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. local time. It's, it's now 2 a.m. and you can't sleep. You haven't been able to sleep. You're nervous. You've got nerves, of course. You've got anxieties about yeah, this fight. Which most of the time, none of us do. What do yeah. you do? You need to sleep. Pop melatonin. I pop melatonin. I'll, I'll take the risk of being a little groggy in the morning. So I, I usually would take uh, melatonin before bed just to make sure at least I got like an hour or two sleep that night. Did it work for you? Uh, I would get a couple hours and then I would try to like I wake up a little groggy, tired, try to like go for a long walk. And then I would nap again before I went to the arena. Yeah. So I'd have to take that little nap again. Yeah. But I mean, if you're sleeping all night and getting a full eight hour sleep before your main fight, you you are not normal. You have problems and you should probably see psychological help because you are about to go to war and have someone try to kill you and knock you out the next day and all in front of millions of people. So, yeah, like you're not going to sleep. That's natural. That's a great Uh, question. I'm going to have that as one of my filler questions in an interview when I'm trying to come up with more time to think of my next question. How many? What's the most hours of sleep you've gotten the night before a fight? Anybody who answered that question is going to be interesting. 
And they lie, though. They'll, they'll lie to you, though. Like, every fighter will be like, oh, I slept amazing last night. I'm like, no way you did, you no, big not, liar. You were tossing turning. Previous fights. They'll admit it, don't yeah. you think? If you're talking about previous fights? Sometimes, yeah. You would think so. You would think so. Yeah. That, that, that Let's powder, see what they say. You ever tried that powder sleep aid you put in a drink? You ever tried uh, that? Calm. Calm. Called calm. Yeah, it's a magnesium that? powder. Yeah. They do, yeah. Yeah, all just, that just, stuff. just you don't want to get kicked in the stomach after you have that stuff. That's all, that's all I'm no, saying. No, I take that stuff at night. Yep. <laughs> I tried, but magnesium capsules are just easier. I yeah. take magnesium or a nice Epsom salt bath before bed is just as good too. Right, It'll good get advice. magnesium through the skin. Yeah, I've been, I've melatonin been, I've been and then nice Epsom salt bath. My wife and I are watching this Money Heist show, and uh, we just, oh, yeah, we're staying up till one a.m. every night. And uh, the kids, if if we have a if we have a good night with the kids, it's great. If we have a bad night with the kids, like last night, oh, goes off the yeah, rails yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, because then you're only getting two three hours there. I, I think we reverse roles. Like I've been last night, I went to bed at a late 9:45 p.m. I That's went to bed at 9:45. No, I was just like, I feel like I'm either my old man that has to go to bed at 9:45, and I'm getting up so early. I'm like, this is terrible. I'm like, I'm 35 years old. I should be at least going to bed at midnight. That's a fair age yeah, to be well, going to bed looked, at. Midnight. If I was by myself, I'd be going to bed at 2 a.m. You know, basically every night. You, I, I would think so too, but I'm going to bed really early. I'm training and doing a lot of work at the gym. I guess my body's just really tired. I've, uh, I've lost some weight. You didn't notice. Thanks for noticing, Aaron. You're wearing a hoodie. It's hard or to tell. It, yeah, but still, you can tell my face. Yeah, no? you're a bit sunken in, My cheek's a little sunken in. You don't, you don't, you don't look or, as, as uh, I'm as under a, 200 pounds now. Look at that. Is someone making a return pounds. to kickboxing or what? Get back to no, 170 just, again. Uh, I wanted. I did a photo shoot, so I was like, I'm trying to get abs again. I'm trying to build my website. I'm trying to build a, an online uh, monthly subscription for bag work, which should be coming nice. out in April. So lots of things, and I want to look good, and I want to show people that you know training. I want to be a motivator, and I got to look good doing it. If I'm bloated and I don't look good, who's gonna want to join my monthly site? I said to my wife uh, the other day, I said we should get one of those exercise bikes for the house. She goes. You have this. She goes. You have this heavy bag in the basement. Watch video. What? Like you don't need to watch yeah. Peloton videos. Watch like heavy bag workouts. You, you don't need. You don't need. Everybody, That's my everybody's point. Getting, yeah. yeah she goes, everybody's first. getting these. What's it called? Everybody's getting these Pelotons and these bikes with videos. But you, yeah. you have a heavy bag. Just you, you can exercise by yourself. You don't need. Just watch videos. Watch watch instruction. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. guess so. I just put my laptop there, pull it up, and, and watch it. That's it. So I will have a weekly site dedicated for people at home that or that want to just train martial arts on a bag it's only on a bag i'm go through all the trikes the techniques i pick you through workouts i've got so a good name it's for dedicated it. to what is it because i've been struggling for one a valaton valaton workout valaton there you go all right <laughs> just lawyer thought, up before like, you bazooka come up bag bazooka bag work or like i couldn't think of anything creative so i might just keep it bazooka kickboxing or something simple yeah. simple names so I guess so. Keep it simple. Well, Everyone knows if where. You, if you want where a, I'm at. if you want a really schlubby guy who's nearly forty as your test subject, feel free to just send me links and I'll uh, I'll let you know how it goes. There you go. You can try it out. I'll All let right. you try it out. You'll give me a one month free trial. There you go. I like that. <laughs> Fair deal. All right, man. Well, I'd like to get Done. I'd like once once all this coronavirus stuff goes away, I'd like to start going to uh, bazooka kickboxing on on a regular basis and doing some training with you. You that should. Would, that would be a. It a, would be good. Nice I mean, thing. I think it would just. As a whole, I think as your profession and how you study the game and study journalism, I think it's just uh, the study and the building of your craft. You know, you're stuck in the MMA world now, so you might as well be fully absorbed in it. 
I, I'm with you. I mean, I was doing uh, martial arts before we had the third kid. I just, I, I don't have the time. It's hard. I, it's hard yeah. for me to find time yeah. to do this kind of thing where I'm not like, because especially if I'm traveling also, where I'm not taking too much time away from my family. But well, whatever, that's, it, yeah. that, that's neither here you nor try. There. Yeah, it's just part of the study time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I would probably, so. I could go. Maybe I could convince my uh, my my job to let me go during work hours as a as a as prep for my job. Hell yeah, it should be <laughs> like that's my job. People like me working out. It's like yeah, that's part of my job. Yeah, exactly. I have to work out. That's you know, it's part of my eight hour day is a two hour workout. So that's right. it. Make it make it part of it. All right, I'm with you, Joe. All right, man. All right. Well, I'll see you next week. All right, We're going to have uh, good, three title fights to recap next week on the TSN MMA show. Big time. Uh, might have three new champions. Might have three defending champions. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, really looking forward to that one. Hey, uh, you're going to have to jump on Twitter Spaces with me during the, uh, the, the uh, event this, uh, this weekend. You jumped on Twitter Spaces Twitter yet? Spaces. What, what's Twitter Spaces? I don't even know what Twitter Spaces is. Do you know Clubhouse? Uh, I have no idea what Clubhouse okay, is. Well, tw- well, Twitter Spaces. So basically, you'll see a logo at the top of it. You have, you have an iPhone, right? Yeah. So you, you go on your Twitter app. Yeah. And there's a little, you'll see a little purple circle around my name. Basically, it's just like an audio only meetup. You're meeting up with people and just watching. Watch it. We're watching the fights together, talking about it. I can inv- invite people to speak. And I'd like you to be a speaker, Joe. All right. If, uh, I'll try my best on this one. All right. We'll figure it out. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll see you all next week. This has been the TSN MMA Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.